think of yourself as an exceptional woman, but not the exception to the rule. Because if you think of yourself as the exception to the rule, you are gambling with your heart. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. Well, we are in the throes of opening up, finally, uh, little by little, depending on where you are in the country, you might be in a different stage than I am here in the Northeast, New York City. Uh, different cities are doing it differently, of course, and different states. So depending on where you are in the world, also this podcast goes out all over the world, will be dependent on how things are opening up for you and if you are dating, how that is going for you will be uh, different and slower in some places and more open in others. Today I'm going to be talking to my guest, 43-year-old Chris, who is dating 48-year-old John. John is divorced and has three teenage boys. And Chris and John have been dating for approximately a year and a half. Chris feels that there isn't much information or help regarding dating divorced men. And she wants to know how she can help John open up and talk about their relationship so she can be sure of his commitment. So welcome, Chris. Hi. Thank yeah, you well, for having me. Absolutely. Um, you and I talked briefly before we started the podcast uh, recording, and uh, normally, as you know, I don't talk to people before because I like to keep the coaching conversation uh, real and open and unfiltered, so I don't talk much about anything uh, of the content that we're going to discuss on the podcast beforehand, although we did touch on that you are not far from me in New York City, and so we're kind of sharing that not being too uh, open yet where you live in terms of this whole uh, pandemic crisis. You mentioned that you also have two teenage children. John has three. You have two. How is that experience been? Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. And it's scary. And <laughs> very scary to think about five teenagers in the hands, you know. But um, are so you far, living uh, with John? No. No, we live apart. Okay. Okay. So you have two teenage boys, girls, boy and a girl. What do you have? Two boys. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, yeah, yeah five teenage boys. Oh, my goodness. So you have two teenage boys, and they have been pretty much on lockdown. They're not going to school, obviously. Uh, All right. 
Oh, my goodness. How has this impacted your relationship with John? Um, actually, not, not much because, I guess, um, uh, the way my uh, kids, they grew up, they are pretty open. Um, his um, kids, they are, you know, very calm people, too. So we are doing fine so far. So I want to get into the nuts and bolts of this then um, about your relationship with John and a little bit of your history. You are 43 years old and you have been married uh, more than once because unfortunately your, your second husband passed away and that was recently, correct? Correct. Three years ago. Wow. And... So, three years ago, your whole life must have just taken such a an upside-down turn. It must have been shocking because he was not sick, correct? Correct. It was sadly. So, for me, it was very um, undescribable moment. Um, I found all my uh, dreams, you know, and plan as it was... Um, destroy um mm. in a minute so you um i guess for me when i find out um when how much it, life can be fragile mm. and and why you we should not taking you know people and things for granted because you never know when you're going to lose them right so just for our own edification with your children's father, who I assume was your first husband, is he still Correct. living? Yes. And is he in the picture at all? Yes. Yes. He's um, a really uh, good and present father. Excellent. So you have a little bit of a you know, co-parenting and shoulder to lean on with your sons? Correct. Yeah. Wonderful. So three years ago, your husband passes. And when did you finally feel okay to, uh, you know, go out and start dating? And the big question is, was John the first man you did date after your second husband's passing? Well, I, for one year and a half, I started um, with the friends who started to convince me that it was time to let it go and at least to try to check, you know, what to have outside of my world. So I, I signed up for a dating uh, app and I choose four guys um, to go out. And on the middle of uh, the conversations on the website, um, on the app, I mean, I, I found John on my fifth guy that was starting to talk. And, but I was so fed up already. I was not really being a, a very nice girl <laughs> on my way to, you know, questioning and, and, um, um, I was so direct because all the notifiers was kind of 
um, pleasure surprise. So, and then we started to talk on, um, and I decided to um, have a drink with John and everything started right there. Um, even know that I was coming from Scarcity um, and he, he was too. I'm sorry, you're coming from go, what? You feel so empty and you um, in need just for, you know, for love and looking for um, someone to love and, some, and, and feel accepted. I guess that's what I want to say. Mm-hmm. So you were feeling like that when you met John? Yes, I was mm-hmm. feeling that I was so empty and uh, I was, I needed the, the reassurance, you know, that I was lovely, you know, that I, I was working for love. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's the word. Mm-hmm. What actually occurred? Like that first night, um, did you meet for an hour? How long was the date? How was that? What was it like? It was supposed to, to be just one hour, but I felt, um, in the beginning, I was feeling very uncomfortable that I was inside of my car. I didn't decide if I, I was going to go inside of the border or not, or the restaurant more. And when I saw him uh, walking inside of the, the place, I sat to him, and I was, so we walked together inside of the restaurant. Um, I, ve- I felt very uncomfortable, but um, he made me feel very comfortable the days we were talking and the curiosity for, you know, the both ways, mm-hmm. uh, sh- showing about the kids and talking. Um, he came from 20 years, old, 20 years of marriage. Um, it was a long time for him, too, so we kind of... Um, Sharing the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, sharing the pain. And yeah, sharing the pain. And, and then we are we are discussed uh, what our future plans, what I was looking to do, and him. And he connected with me, you know, since uh, um, um, my my uh, widow pain was still very fresh. The wound was very fresh and uh, so but it was really fun and it was turning out that we closed the bar mm, how many hours was your meeting? Uh, it was like uh, two hours and a half mm-hmm. yeah. and then what happened so then we we walked into the parking lot and he gave me a kiss um, and 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 was when I find out that I was so uh, in need to have a that insurance that uh, I could be loved again. Um, and for me, the magic was happened there. Um, we uh, when we were kissed, you know, we laughed. Uh, we kept talking a lot. Um, on the text, and uh, he was very um, open to meeting me more time. So we are kind of seeing each other uh, for the first three months. We saw each other for 
um, two, two times a week. Mm-hmm. And then we just, we are, we are, uh, flew to Mexico. You flew to Mexico? Yeah. For a vacation, we decided to, to take a vacation on a weekend together. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Okay. So it became magical for you kind of early on. And he was uh, pursuing you. Was he asking you out on these meetings twice a week or was it a mutual back and forth? Correct. It was more mutual. You were asking him, he was asking you. It was more uh, reciprocal. Oh, no. 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 No, I'm sorry. No, okay. he was him. I was, I was laid back. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, great. So he got to kind of feel that little bit of magic too through his pursuit of you, so to speak, right. of your of your time, of your attention, and ultimately of your affection. When did you start uh, being physical together? Um, on our the third account i guess yeah i think it was the third one the third date yeah, the third date mm-hmm. okay and then you decided to take this vacation uh how long had you been seeing each other when you decided to go away to mexico uh three months okay and what was that like when you actually were spending that kind of time together was it a weekend a long weekend was it a week how long did you go uh we spent the three days in uh, a weekend so we left uh, by friday afternoon we went back on monday mm-hmm. and what was that like spending that time together in a tropical place where it was relaxed and the two of you what what did that feel like for for you so both of was really fun, um, very refreshing. Um, even though that I heard that uh, that he felt so happy, so it was so fun to be there with me. That he felt that he should call the ex and let her know how much he's appreciating. She asked for divorce. <laughs> it was kind of silly conversation. Okay. Um, so- so we have to stop here a second. So he was not divorced at this time? Uh, yes, he was uh, divorced already at the time, but he was felt like uh, so happy that I guess for him it was so bad. Um, like you mentioned in your book, men's never asked for divorce, so they never going to leave the wife so it um so for him it was kind of felt like a freedom and and i thanks for him it was i am a, i am i was the first woman that he was connected after he's get divorced so okay all right so let's look at this because it is a it is a, a important point of it and you bring up the point in my book where i say that uh, men don't leave their team and what that means is that generally we know in our society that uh, we don't date uh, married men 
uh, not just for the moral reason of it, but because we generally know that a man is not going to leave his wife for the woman he is involved with, even when he loves her. So the statistic is that only 3% of married men who have affairs will ever leave their wife for the woman with whom they're having the affair, even when they love that woman, and even if they don't love their wife. And that is just very simple in that men predicate their lives on their decisions. And when a man decides to join a team, i.e. take a wife, he stays no matter how bad it is on that particular team. So it sounds like with John, he was on a losing team, and he didn't like it at all, (laughs) right? That's right. That's right. You're totally right. I heard from his mouth talking exactly like you said. If it was about his his choice, he was never going to leave the marriage. So she precipitated the divorce. In other words, she instigated getting the divorce. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. That is 80% of the time that will be the case. So she did. And interestingly enough, even when it's wanted by the man, he still feels like he somehow failed. So it sounds like that weekend with you, he started to have a realization that life could be different and much better. And that it was it was um, an actual good thing that his wife left the team so he could be off the team and be free. Yep, that's what, uh, what he said. That's what he said. Okay, so that was three months into your relationship, and you have been together now a year and a half. What has it been like, and where are things now? Well, then he's uh, just kind of, uh, he's kind of, so, um, how I can say, he was not too close anymore. He's kind of not, uh, I, I could not feel connect anymore with him. When we came back, I that maybe he felt like um, it was too too soon for him too, and for me too. I started to feel that I was needed some space. So, and we started to see each other kind of two times in a month, based on my kids' um, uh, schedule that I have. Um, some weekends. I have the boys and some weekends that he has. And so I, I started to choose to see him just when I didn't have my kids. Um, and, but then um, I saw that he's just starting to um, text and laugh and laugh. And I was leaning back and texting laugh and laugh, like you kind of explained on your book. And... 
by, I think it was like by seven, eight months in when he decided to go back and pursue me more. So after seven months, he started to pursue you more when, after you pulled back? Correct. Okay, great. Let me ask you one very important thing. How long had he been divorced when you met? He was separated for eight months, and the divorce was uh, happened one month that uh, we uh, met each other. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Okay. Um, I think uh, Chris and I are laughing because she has uh, read my book, and uh, you said that you listened to my podcast. So if you have listened to my podcast, you know that I pretty much make a rule of dating divorced men only after three years or more that they have been signed, sealed, delivered, divorced. That's the sweet spot for me because I don't like for women to take chances and be gambling with their hearts. So uh, for a man sustaining a failure, which he sees a divorce to be, that it's very important that a lot of time pass so that he can open himself up to something new. But... There are always eclipses, Chris. There are always, you know, for every rule, there is an exception, right? Correct. Yes. I like to say to women, think of yourself as an exceptional woman, but not the exception to the rule. Because if you think of yourself as the exception to the rule, you are gambling with your heart. However, this has already occurred, and you are in it. And here we see that by pulling back in the way that you did, it allowed him to come forward more. And that was seven months into it. Where are things now? Well, now the things, um, we are being each other um, a little bit more because, like you said, I pull away and I continue go away, not because of planning or or a game, is I think that uh, we need that space for um, the fire to continue, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I, I was back to my country to see my, my, my family on March, last March, so we are, what, about three months ago and he was inviting himself to go even though we not we are not in a serious relationship but we're still dating and he feels that for me dating the word dating feel very heavy um when we mention i'd rather to say that we see each other but on deep inside, I'm looking for the serious relationship. I want him to um, make the commitment. And so when I come back from Brazil, he's, um, the quarantine started and everything was starting to shutting down. 
so he could not go to, to Brazil, um, spend some time with me on the middle of my vacation. Uh, but when I came back, something happened, and he's more in the quarantine, I think, was helping him to realize how much and how he feels and what he's looking for, that uh, we are more connected more and more. So we've been mm-hmm. seeing each other. I brought up for him the conversation that uh, um, I don't see, again, I'm not seeing uh, as, uh, as a boyfriend or girlfriend. And that um, means just fun for me, the way I grew up. A man needed to declare it, then, then men needs to come and say very clear. And, and I guess that's one of the uh, big reasons I connect with your work because you made it very clear that men need to make that decision. And, and that's the way I grew up. So you are saying to him now that you understand it to be just uh, fun and nothing serious. Is that correct or did I get that wrong? That's correct, that, that we are just having fun because he he didn't make the, the decision yet. He didn't come and to me and he made it clear what he was looking for. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is a really big point that I'm really glad that we're here talking about this because... This is a very slippery slope for anyone and um, very important to tweak this and correct it so that he does not look at you in a way that will not allow him to make a decision for something more serious. And I'm going to talk about that in a second when we come back. Want more information on anything you've heard discussed here today? Why won't he commit? How a man decides to make you the one is available at all major book retailers. Or grab an autographed copy of Coach Paula's groundbreaking bestseller at whywon'thecommit.com. So we're back with Chris and talking about her relationship with... John, who's 48 years old, he's divorced, he has three teenage boys, Chris has two teenage boys as well, and how we can move John up the scale to be a prospective buyer or bona fide buyer so that Chris gets a committed, fully secure monogamous, exclusive relationship leading towards permanency because that is what Chris desires in her heart and that's what we want to try to get. And so we need to tweak a few things. And one of them I started to discuss before we took the break. That is... If you've heard me at all, and Chris, tell me if you have, um, on the podcast, talk about Freud's uh, Madonna whore complex. Yes, I did. 
Okay. So you understand, and I'll just give a quick quickie on this, so to speak, that um, Freud just quantified something and qualified for us heretofore was probably not certainly in psychological literature in the way that he did it, that the male brain is very linear. Uh, we know that he was right now because research shows it. That is in my book, too, about the male uh, brain being more front to back, where ours it has a uh, fattier corpus callosum that sits on top, and so we're much more complex, and our different parts of our brain talk to each other at rapid speeds and all the time. Where the male, it's basically more black and white, front to back, stop or go, yes or no, male and female, and in their deepest brainstem, Madonna whore. And what this means for men is that in order to make a decision to take a woman on as wife, and in some cases mother of his children, or potential mother of any children that might come from the union, he must have the woman in the first category of Madonna, meaning Mother Mary. And this has a very deep-rooted psychological and even biological component to it that is seriously useful if we think of the species going through time and being Darwinian in a way. And it's so important for us as women to show ourselves to be in the first category of Madonna and if we haven't been heretofore, we need to reset that uh, by reclaiming our value to them to know what it is that we deserve uh, to get the respect of being in the first category. So why am I saying all this now? Why I'm saying all this now is that if you let a man whom you're sleeping with off the hook that it is not serious for you, he cannot put you in the first category. And that is very problematic when it comes to the male brain for him to see you as a woman worthy of a complete commitment. Because a man believes what you do with him, you would do or could do with all men, or sometimes even do with all men. So it's a lot to take in, but seriously important that if you let him off the hook and just say it's for fun, you will have a very difficult time taking this to the end result that you're looking for. It doesn't mean that he will be out and out mm, or outright disrespectful to you or won't try and see you. It is that for him to make the decision to completely commit to you will be seriously difficult. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes sense. 
Well, I guess my point when I said to him that was so fun, um, just fun because he was kept saying, oh, what do we have? This kind of, you know, um, good in a one way. And I was making very clear that for me, it doesn't mean no relationship. Uh, seems to be seeing each other. Um, dating uh, is not really what I'm looking for, you know. So when I said that to him, it was on a conversation that I made it very clear that I, I get on the point. I understand that, that one year I was very confused based, uh, and it was very different the way we connect. thinking most of people um, is different from the most people, you know, most people because I came from a, a loss of someone that was, I didn't choose to leave. So, mm -hmm. but when we get on that, uh, but now that uh, we see each other more, that I appreciate all the triggers that he um, um, made myself to face, um, now I decided to, that I, I, I feel more comfortable to have a serious relationship. That's, that's what I was looking for. And he was like, how come um, if we are dating for one year and four months, we are, uh, everything is sounds good. And for me, I guess my point probably was showing him that was not. And he needs to uh, make a decision that uh, if he's really uh, dating is something serious for him, so he needs to uh, vocalize and make me um, understand in words and in actions. I mean, actions he's been doing that is something serious. I, you know, like you said, if they come from um, a divorce and someone throw him out of the team, he feels like. Um, um, I don't yeah. want to compromise myself so much, I mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Yes. But I want to get it back to, I want to ask you some questions about, because when you were talking about what you were saying to him, there's a problem. Because mm -hmm. it, it's another one of my sayings that is very important to keep in your mind. If you are staying... No matter what you are saying, you are okaying the relationship as it is. And when you say it's fun, it's for fun, and he says, I don't like to use the word dating, no matter what he is doing, he is telling you something that he is not moving this towards something more serious. Okay. And what other than you saying things to him are you actually doing to change things? Um, yeah, I still on the same um, actions, you know, not really uh, lean back, doing my, my stuff. If I can uh, see him, I see him. If it's not, it's not until um, he... Um, 
give what I want. So um, last weekend, he made a question, what I fact, how I'm going to feel and what I'm expecting, what I think that's going to change if we move to, uh, uh, to the next step to a serious relationship. You were asking him this, or he was asking you? No, he did. So he asked he you, uh, I just want to clarify, he asked you what you expect the next step to be? Yes. Okay, and what did you say? I asked him what he, what means to him. And what did he say? He can't uh, look at me. He didn't say anything. He just said that he wants to um, continue knowing me deeply, too. Um, and he, he kissed me and was supposed to tell him to come today and see me today. So I don't know what's going to happen. So you're supposed to get together tonight. Correct. And it happens to be a Friday, so he is going to potentially stay with you for the weekend, or what? Mm, I'm not so sure. Um, let's see. <laughs> okay. So is it, for you, dependent on what he says to you? Um, I guess. I guess, for me, it was important to see what's gonna, what he's going to say. Okay. Don't you think? What's your opinion? Well, it's very important, actually, and it depends how ready you are for the outcome. Because that's the most important part of it. In other words, whatever you say that you want, it's adhering to what you say so that what you say is in complete alignment with what you do. You see? Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he gets the clear picture. Now, it doesn't mean it's a path to you're going to say it, he's going to accept it, and then it's going to happen, right? It doesn't usually right. work like that. Uh, because he is a man who was in a relationship, marriage, for a very long time, 20 years or more. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Correct. he's going to be resistant to getting into something like that again, which makes sense. Right. But I'm hearing that he has a lot of feelings for you and likely loves you. Has he ever said that? No. Okay. But you're getting the feeling that he does, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's likely the case, the pretty puppy that you are. He loves you to one degree or another. And now it has to be whether or not he's going to actually think about adoption of the pretty puppy, right? The commitment. Right. Yeah. And so it's going to be difficult for him to do that. And the way you do it is going to be seriously important for him to take you seriously and for this to have the chance of going the distance. And that is okay. what my uh, Lure Him In program is all about. And that is to 
reclaim your value, reset the whole tone, tenor, and behavior related to the relationship, and then to restart things. If the man steps up to what it is that you desire and deserve. And what that necessitates is that you are in a very solid place of knowing what it is that you want with the man so that you can continually do the actions necessary to reinforce what you have stated. Okay. So I want you to be able to ask me questions on that point. Does it so, all make sense to you, what I'm saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, makes sense. Right. So you think when I said it was just fun, I lost my power right there. Um, it's, it's interesting you use the word power. Not, not sure about, no, not necessarily power. It could have placed you in the wrong category and just confused him. Because I don't think your other actions um, necessarily confused him. And your words were then confusing to him. And so he just didn't know how to, into what category to put you. And for a man, that's very difficult. You see, there is no category for us as women. In other words, we're both and, meaning we are all that and a bag of chips. We are complex. We are both good girls and not good girls. We are have all of it in us, all of the female... Mm, parts of us that are so um, enamoring for men, they are I- engaging all of it, but yet to take a woman on as a completely committed relationship, the biological reason for this and why it is so ensconced and in the male brain is very easy to understand vis a vis biology. And what it is, is that heretofore, we had no DNA. There was no such thing to be tested. So heretofore, in history, there was only one way a man could feel secure that any offspring of a relationship were his is in one way. And biologically, that is that the man trusted that the woman he was sleeping with was not sleeping with anyone else. That is the only way he could be assured that the offspring he was raising were his. In that deepest brainstem, that is still there in a male to immediately classify a female as in one category or the other. In other words, one to be trusted and one not to. And that is Madonna whore. And why it is so important for us to know it 
so that we relay that part of ourselves that the man can trust to him. And why games are not at all a good idea, especially if they are related to a man thinking that you cheat. There really cannot be anything worse for a relationship. Now, it'll drive him crazy and he'll want to try to get you, but it won't mean that he will marry you. Right. Right? So, when you say to a man, I just want to have fun with you, and that includes sex, it can put you in the wrong category for him. And he will be confused because he's seeing something else, but yet you're saying this, and can he trust you? And it's just extremely confusing and doesn't allow him to make a decision. Because when we're confused, we don't make decisions, correct? Correct. Right. So we want him to be able to make a decision, and that means reclaiming our value. and Reclaiming our value uh, necessitates honesty, real honesty of what you want, what you do, and what you will accept and or reject if not treated as someone of value who deserves a fully committed monogamous relationship and in your case, the, the nomenclature of boyfriend, girlfriend, because after a year and a half, that's deserved. But you gave him a different message. And the message has to be exceedingly clear. Hmm. So how you suggest to me to, to do? Yes. So it's in stages, and this is what my Lord Him in program is all about, because you want to do this with both words and follow-up action. And it necessitates, in my program, working with me, because we have to see there are two people involved here, meaning I can give you what to say to him, correct, and how to do it. But if we don't have the follow-up with what he does next, then you're kind of left out like, okay, now what do I do? I would have to hear and know what he does next so I can guide you to what you do next dependent upon what he does and says. And what this does, it gets to the soul of the man, allows him to feel what he needs to feel and deal with the decision-making he knows he must make. And in this way, you as the woman finds out for sure where he is at. And through time and making him wonder, that is the best chance you have if he is not ready at this moment. The best chance you have is by seriously making him wonder so that he longs for you and desires you in a way where he knows he cannot live without you and he comes to a decision. And that's through time. That's why the program is 12 weeks, to see where we get with him, to know for sure, and to know what we do at each step of the way to have the best chance of success. 
and I hear that you're really at that place right now. Having dated a year and a half in this way and being sexual for almost all of it, save for a couple of months, it's really important to do that. Right. Make total sense. Yeah, it, it is. It's a very... Yeah. Um, uh, it's a strategic approach that has the best chance of working so that you absolutely know where the man stands with you. Because if I were to say to you, Chris, um, he is going to um, say to you hypothetically that he is still not ready for anything serious, he hasn't had enough time, um, you know, post-divorce, and he loves things the way they are, he wants to keep him this way, and he too is having fun. What does that tell you? That um, I'm a waste of my time. Nothing is going to happen. Right. And the only way to get that to happen is by your action that allows him to feel missing you and come to a decision vis-a-vis that missing you. Because that is the only way he will have to make a decision, you see? Otherwise, Mm -hmm. it's all just words and he doesn't have to. Because as long as you're there, no matter what you're saying, if you're staying, you're okaying. Right. Yeah. So uh, that is uh, probably not what exactly you were expecting to hear. What are your thoughts? That I need to uh, improve my, um, my approach with your help. Uh, you yes. Know. And we, I believe that there is enough feeling here and substance and attachment on his part to help make that happen that you have a good shot at it. But if you continue on, and if you've read my book, you know what I mean by this. More time in without the right action doesn't bring you to the right results. Yeah. Because more time in I does agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because the man is most interested... Um, early on and it doesn't it doesn't get better if we're not the mechanic of a relationship steering it in the right direction and this is part of that journey and we got to reset the gps here to get this on the right path and i'd be happy to talk to you more about that uh after this podcast if that's something you know you feel you're up to doing Sure, yeah. It'll be great. Okay. Definitely, uh, I'm going to need your help. Okay. So we'll do that. And for right now, I just want to thank you for this this really interesting um, whole scenario of yours. I think that you as a widow and a... Uh, earlier a divorced woman, uh, now a widow, who is dating someone 48 years old who's divorced. There are so many women who find themselves in situations just like yours. A really good guy, I'm hearing he's a good guy, and you're wanting more, 
and you have a good chance of making this happen if you're very mindful of it and do it in this strategic fashion. So if anyone who is listening to this um, wants to talk about that, I'm happy to uh, talk about it uh, with you either on the podcast or if you read my book. You can also talk with me off air, but I'm all about this because when a man is, <laughs> I, I say this, you'll, you'll probably um, get this, uh, Chris, uh, I would say that that old adage of a man without a woman, especially in this age range, a man without a woman is like a, a fish out of water. But a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that the we are the lifeblood for the man in terms of his personal life. A man truly needs a woman. I'm hearing that you have given him new life. He has, I think, love for you certainly desire for you and we've just got to have him in the water in the right way to allow him to really swim with the tide on this in the way that you want it to go and you have a shot at doing that you really do yes 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 so I'm glad to hear that <laughs> yeah so again, thank you for doing that. I'm going to, if you'll just hold on for me one moment, you can actually mute your phone and I'm going to say goodbye to everyone else and then we'll talk uh, off air here together. But if you as, uh, you know, find yourself in a, in a situation like Chris, uh, please, you know, get my book, reach out to me. I am all about women getting the love they desire and deserve because we are love in the world. And we give men so much in their lives and men want and desire good women to show them the way. And it's, it's not a way of telling, it's a way of actually claiming our value and sticking to the approaches that allow the man to feel love in the deepest way he can feel love. And the way we do this is in three little words. We need to make him wonder. Thank you for listening to Make Him Wonder. If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at MakeHimWonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you.